Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His Word being preached. Well, I want you just to think back a little bit to significant moments in your life. Either your life or just in society in general. The, like, like the kind of a moments where you think, um, if you weren't there, you'd think, Yo, where was I? Or you think of friends, Yo, you should have been here, where were you? Maybe like the birth of a child or the 95 Rugby World Cup final. I was there in the stadium at this park. That was where I was. I don't know where you were. Some of you might not have been born there. It's okay. <laughs> Um, uh, moments, moments like that. You know, there, there'd be moments that kind of stand out to you. I remember um, while I was studying in Stellenbosch, um, my mom stayed in Pretoria, so I caught a flight back down to um, to Stellenbosch for the f- fourth term. Uh, well, I was supposed to catch a flight at least. We organised a birthday party for me and a friend on the Sunday evening after church, but I missed my flight. Um, but anyway, so I caught the next flight, and I only arrived like after 10 at my own party. Um, that was just about the time when Christine and I started noticing each other. She actually hung around till after 10, till I arrived. Um, yes. Only like five minutes after I arrived, but she did stay until I arrived at least. Um, other moments, like the 2010 World Cup that was in South Africa, um, other obviously significant moments are sometimes it's like deaths as well in a family or, or something like that. If you, you miss the moment of where you wanted to share something with your father or with your mother or with your child. Um, and there's, there's a moment there that you, that, that you kind of wish that you kind of you made, the most, made the most of it. And, um, and then obviously there's some moments which you can miss and there's other moments that, that is not that ideal to, to miss. Um, and I think I think back to the birth of our, our two children as well, and it's and it's amazing just moments where that you hear that the babies the babies cry. Um, so I want to talk this morning a little bit about crossing the Jordan, and we're going to have a look uh, at at uh, at the book of Joshua quite a bit and leapfrog a little bit through it. But there was a significant moment there in history when the Israelites they they came to the Jordan and. They, if they were blasé about the moment, then they would have missed what God wanted for them. Um, it's the same with when we actually decide to commit our lives to Christ. That, that's, a, that's probably the most significant moment of your life, whether you're going to commit your life to Christ or not. It changes everything for the rest of eternity for you. Um, now this is a this is a little bit of a moment like this of 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 the Israelites coming to coming to the Jordan River, and um, and now now God is Mo- Moses just died, um, and now God is kind of appointing Joshua at the um, the leader. Just here's a just an interesting pick for you. If, in, in case you wondered what happened to dinosaurs, yes. <laughs> okay. That was today. Okay. There's a couple of theories going around about what happened to the dinosaurs, and that's not the point of the sermon at all, okay? Um, just moments. All right, let's read from Joshua 1. I'm going to read quite a bit through Joshua 1, and then we're going to unpack it a little bit. I'm reading out of the NIV um, version. After the death of Moses... The servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. 
Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gatites, the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, The Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest, as he, was, as he has done for you. And until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses' a servant uh, of the Lord gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. Then they answered Joshua, whatever you command us, we will do. And whatever you send, wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. So I'm going to try and not get ahead of myself here and, and, and kind of give away too much. But in essence, I want us to just look at a couple of, couple of just scenarios here in, or a couple of verses in the scripture. It says there in Joshua 1, verse 2, it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. There, there are moments in our lives which we actually, we, God actually gives us a heads up. Say, hey, there's about to, something is about to happen. Get yourself ready. Um, so what, is, what does this getting ready mean? And there's, there's, this is probably the only two scriptures that I'm going to quote outside of Joshua for this entire sermon. But um, just a picture for me of, of getting ready. You can read on the screen there, 1 Peter 1 verse 13 and 1 Kings 18 verse 46 says, Therefore gird up your loins of your mind. Some of you read lions there, I know. Um, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The context is a whole different ballgame, but I'll, I'll, I'll explain just now. And then the one in Kings there says, Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Now, girding up your loins, okay, men, we don't, um, loins is, is kind of your midriff, area. Okay, you can show that next slide. This is a picture of girding up your loins. Okay, that's in, in those days, they, or in the Middle East, they wear like dresses. I don't know how else to put it. Dress. Uh, a tunic. A long thing. Okay. And it's a picture of actually, you having to actually pick up this thing and you have to tuck it in and the, the reason is because they're either going to work, or they're going to fight, or they're going to run. And you can go back one slide. That scripture in, in 1 Peter 1, says, Therefore gird up the loins of your mind. Other translations basically says, prepare, prepare your minds for action. Um, and, and getting ready, those that will have children will know. Getting ready for church in the morning is a significant different challenge than before you had children. Amen? It is, it's, just, it's just a different ball game. Um, so what getting ready means for the one person might be something for the other person. For the same event. Okay? So coming to church this morning, getting ready was different for different people. You even traveled from different. Some people traveled from Midrand, praise God, uh, East Rand some just around the corner. It meant different things for different people depending on where you are at a given time. Okay, so whatever I'm saying here this morning is I'm going to talk a little bit about something that is very relevant to us collectively as a congregation at the moment. And then there are certain things that, are, uh, that will be 
applicable to you as an individual. The, a lot of the individual application, you're going to have to kind of just, uh, just do your own translation and just bring it into your own situation where you currently find yourself at. Maybe location-wise, but more so just in your walk, in your spiritual walk with God, in your, in your faith walk with God. Um, and it's maybe some of the things that you, are, that you are working through. Okay, so what does this getting ready mean for us individually? Okay, for you, this morning there was a lot of word that came through about um, okay, being real, uh, being real with God. Um, there's, 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 often in our lives there are these significant moments where you need to decide, am I going to cross this Jordan? Am I going to cross this river? Meaning that once I cross this river, things are going to be significantly different than what it used to be. Getting married is one of those moments. Okay? Uh, it's not supposed to be a scary moment, it's supposed to be a great moment. But things change significantly after you change, after you, change, after you marry. Um, having children is one of those moments. Moving from Cape Town or Stellenbosch to Johannesburg is one of those moments, or the other way around. It, it, or you needing to trust God in an area of brokenness in your heart is a moment like that as well. Is that, oh, God, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really struggling with this. And it's, and it's a little bit like a, oh, God, I, I, can't, I can't do this. Or maybe having to face fear. It's one of the words that came this morning a lot is, is regarding different fears. And, and, and we, you kind of stand sort of at the edge of the river and you know that God wants you to start walking. But there's a couple of buts. Um, and you're uncertain, and there's this fear, or there's, there's something that wants to hold you back. And, and that is a lot of the application to us individually. Um, so, but what does it mean for us collectively as a congregation? For us now, as a congregation, I want to say that for us right now, there's two things. The one thing is God is just collectively in the body of Christ, dealing with a lot of brokenness. He's dealing with a deep brokenness of people, us. Um, and then, so he's busy healing a lot of wounds. And if we are willing to start engaging with God in those broken areas of our lives, there's amazing healing that can come. But as we all know, if you have a deep wound to get to that deep part, it's sometimes a little bit, it hurts on the surface or it hurts all the way down to where the actual problem is and then the healing can actually come. Otherwise, we're just covering it up. That's the one thing that I believe that God is collectively doing in the body of Christ at present. Another thing that for us in Shofar Johannesburg that is like right on our doorstep at the moment is the church plant in Santon. Okay, so we're planting church in Santon. We're launching weekly services in August. Okay, if you're just visiting us here this, this morning, that is an announcement to you. Hopefully it's not an announcement to those that have been around for a while. Okay, we are, otherwise it might be like that dinosaur moment for you. Okay, it happened and like, oh, that was today. Um, okay, so the reason I believe that God has placed this word on my heart here this morning is to communicate the urgency to us as a congregation to get ready. I believe that God does not want any of that. I'm, I'm talking to the, to the members here, those that, that see this as their family. If you're still praying, engaging, or just visiting, just bear with me when I sometimes talk about collectively here for a moment. Is I believe that God does not want us to be blasé or never minded about this, what is about to happen. This is a, for us as a congregation, this is a crossing of the Jordan River moment. And if you're not in part of the Santon plot that side, but part of the sending church, part of this congregation, the Randberg side, you're as much involved in, in this crossing of the Jordan. Because after we multiply, in a sense, after we plant, things are going to look different. And unless you engage in that, you might wonder one day, why does things feel different? <laughs> why do, what, what happened? And I believe that there is, there's a part of us collectively having to, having to buy into what God has actually laid for us. I want to illustrate something to you here. I want you all to just start singing spontaneously now. Okay, I'm going to count to three and then you do it. Okay, okay. one, two, three. Um. 
There's a, there was a few of them that were bold enough to do that. The others like, oh. <laughs> okay. Now I'm going to illustrate this to you. Okay. Just for illustration purposes, you are the Randberg congregation. You are the Santon congregation. <clears throat> okay. All I want you to do, okay, is keep one note. All right. On the count of three, you're going to go, Ah. <laughs> I, I never made it. I, I, think, I think it was grade one or grade four. I tried out for the choir. I never made it, okay? So I never, I never went back. So bear with me, okay? <clears throat> so are, you, are you, your vocal cords? All right. Okay, but you're going to do it for five seconds, okay? So I'm going to count to three. On the count of three, you go, and then for five seconds, and in the moment I go like this, you stop. Okay. Okay. One, two, three. Uh. Sorry, I, f- I forgot to count. <laughs> okay, I need a little bit more volume here, okay. Okay, on the, on the count of three. One, two, three. Okay, now it's your turn. Okay, yeah, you gotta beat that, okay. <laughs> All right, one, two, three. Beautiful. <laughs> okay, now, now watch this, okay? I'm going to do this first with you. I'm going to not talk again in between. Then I'm going to count for you, then you're going to do it. Then I'm going to count again, then you're going to do it all together. Okay, you ready for this? Okay, one, two, three. Wow. <laughs> that worked better than I thought. <laughs> You're amazing. Okay, so what I'm trying to illustrate here, okay, if we're all doing our own thing, there is almost zero impact. With the right preparation, with me briefing about what is about to happen, and we all do it together in sync, then there is unity. There is power in unity. So if we want our voices to count in Randberg, if we want our voices to count in Santon, there are times when you collectively have to do something. There are going to be times where you collectively have to do something, and there are going to be times where we collectively have to do something. Okay, and this is a moment like that where we are collectively doing something about what God is busy with us. And I'm not saying that we're not just aiming at Santon. We are aiming at Randburg as much as we are aiming at Santon. Okay, so just if we talk Santon, Santon, Church Blonde, it's, just, it's, it's the moment of the Jordan River crossing for us where there's a there's few things coming, there's a few things changing. But there is a window of opportunity when the, when the river opens and then, there's a, then at a time the river closes. And if you're on the wrong side, then you might have to swim. doesn't mean you're not going to get there. It just means that you're going to have to maybe work a little bit harder to get there, okay? Or you're going to have to wait for the flood season to finish. All right, I'm a, don't, don't overanalyze what I'm saying. It's just I believe that there is a time now that we need to get ready. We are on the 16th of July. We are three weeks away from the actual church plant, from the actual launch. Okay, so like... Get that in your heart. Maybe you can't be there. That's fine. But in spirit, in heart, we need to be in unity about what's going on at the moment. Amen. Okay. Let's move on. Next point. In Joshua 1 verse 5, I want to highlight a couple of things to you here. No one will be able to, this is God speaking to Moses. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to the right or to the left. I'm just going to skip a little bit because I'm going to come back to it. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. If God tells you three times a very blunt statement like that, you know there's trouble coming. (laughs) Okay? If God tells you, be strong, be courageous. 
There's a reason he's telling you that, especially if he's telling you that three times. Whenever something is repeated three times in the Bible, it has got weight. You see it in in Revelation as well, where where the angels sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Um, Okay, so I'm going to unpack this a little bit, but I just want to give a shot here. To, To Pastor Henny and to Rochelle and to Stefan and Lauren specifically and the leaders, all of the leaders in the congregation here, I do feel that this is a very strong word for us as leaders. There, there's change coming, and it is time to be, to be strong and to be courageous. Um, and it's not only to the leaders, but especially for the leaders. It is time to be strong and courageous for all of us. Um, but I do specifically feel that for the leaders as well. Okay, let's unpack that a little bit. There's a promise here. You'll see it in the beginning of when God starts to have this conversation about being strong and courageous, and at the end, he says, you can go to the next slide, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Then the first time when he talks about be strong and courageous, he kind of qualifies, he says, because you will lead these people to inherit the land. There's an element that you need to be strong and courageous just based on the fact that you are leading people. And sometimes the people that you're leading is not always on the same page. If you lead three people, there's five opinions. Um, it's just, I'm not saying that as a universal principle in our congregation. I'm just saying that it is, it is sometimes difficult to get everybody on the same page and into the right heart and mind about what God is busy doing and what, what we feel God is leading us. Um, so I believe that that is an impo- a crucial element. We need to be strong and courageous because we will lead. And for you that are not in an official leadership position in the church, you are, you, you are inevitably, one, leading yourself or leading your family and also leading those that will still come after you. So it does apply to you as well. And you can, you can, you can pull this through to your own individual situation at the moment as well. There's a place and a time where you need to be strong and courageous because there's other people that you need to lead to Christ first and foremost. Um, and there's times where we can't just shy away from that. Okay, next one, there where he says, be strong and courageous. He says, he says to, to Joshua, be careful to obey. No, one back. To obey, not some, but all. Okay, that, that, and that, was a, that was a time when the law was given and they needed to live by the law. Doesn't, New Testament doesn't disqualify the law, but you get what I'm saying. We need to be obedient still to everything that God gives us to do, collectively and individually. And for the one, it might look a little bit different to the other one, given their situation. But for us collectively, this is what we do feel that God is leading us to do. Um, and, and here's one or two ways to actually make sure that you keep this in the forefront of your mind. Whatever God says, okay, he's given us a whole Bible of things that he said, okay? Learn to interpret it. Learn to interpret it right. Learn to interpret it well. Get to know the word. Switch the series off maybe for five seasons or something, but um, get the word right here and here. And he says, meditate on it day and night. Some of us need God to tell us ten times an instruction before it actually sinks in because our minds are so cluttered with everything else that's going on in the world. Facebook, maybe just fast from Facebook for a while. Um, there's just so much going on that is competing for God's attention in our lives. Make sure that it sinks in. Okay, next one where God says, be strong and courageous. He says, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. And he qualifies. He's not just giving him a pep talk. He's saying, I will be with you, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So he's giving us a reason why we don't have to be afraid. Now, Interestingly enough, of the fighting men of Israel, it's only Joshua and Caleb that survived the 40 years in the desert before they actually went into the promised land. Joshua was one of two guys that actually saw what's going on in the promised land. He saw the giants. 
He knows what's that side. So there's, there's a talk about don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. But God qualifies it. I will be with you. Okay. There's an amazing promise with that. And that's a promise of his presence. Moses had that conversation with God um, at, the, uh, at, at Mount Sinai when he encountered God. He's like, God, don't send us from here. Don't send us to the promised land if your presence doesn't go with us. It's a long conversation that he had with God. And it's an amazing conversation. I encourage you to go and read it. It's an exodus. Um, so that's just hopefully making you thirsty to go and actually read it. Interestingly enough, you just pick it up in the next couple of verses. In case you were wondering whether you heard God's voice, this is now more applicable to Joshua. It's amazing how the people of God, they weren't in the conversation when God spoke to, to Joshua. Well, that's not where we pick up in the scripture at least. Here's the same thing that they tell him. Then they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And whether you send, where you send us, we will go. Just, just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will fully obey you. Just pause there for a moment. Your leaders, I'm not, I'm not taking the forefront on the Santon church plant. Okay? I'm staying here and I'm ministering at the campus with students. Okay? So I want to encourage you, if you're going to Santon, I want to encourage you to get behind Stefan and Lauren. They need your encouragement. Okay, there are a lot of unknowns. Okay, we don't know everything, in case you didn't know. <laughs> Sometimes we pretend to, but we don't. Okay, they need your encouragement. They need your support. Okay. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against... Don't worry. If you, don't, if, if you rebel against Stephen, we won't put you to death. It's okay. And then, then they echo, only be strong and courageous. Same words that God used to speak to Joshua. The people say the same thing back to Joshua. That is amazingly encouraging. So if you feel that God is speaking to you about something specifically, maybe God has already spoken to them about you. Just you just putting in, I don't, I don't really know. I, I, I was in um, youth ministry in Stellenbosch when I was a student. First year student, started the youth ministry. Uh, God was dealing a lot of things in my heart about my identity and things at, at one stage. about, and, and, he, and he used the imagery of eagles often and used it out of Scripture as well. And I had a youth. He was in grade nine. We had a small group. And he looks at me. He's like, I don't know why, but when I look at you, I see an eagle. So I was like, yeah, I, I kind of know why, but thank you. <laughs> and so I could unpack it a little bit for him. Even the most insignificant things for you, don't ignore it because it might mean something very significant to the other person on the receiving end. Okay. Um, so share it. Okay. Joshua 2 verse 3. I'm just kind of highlighting two verses out of chapter 3. In, in Joshua 2, Joshua sends out the spies into, into Jericho to go and spy out um, Jericho. Always wondered why did they actually go and stay at a prostitute's house. That's a different conversation for a different day, but don't get sidetracked, okay? Um, so Rahab and that whole family got, got, got saved because they helped the Israelites. Joshua 3 is actually where they then actually crossed the Jordan River. Go and read it um, for all the details for time's sake. I, I can't unpack everything. 3 verse 3 says, when you, this is Joshua speaking, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do uh, amazing things among you. Um, so I just want to, just one thing here, just highlight for you here, or actually two things, is, yes, God's presence is, He's omnipresent, He's everywhere. But sometimes the presence of God leads us somewhere to do something. Um, and this is a little bit of an instance like that. We, we do feel that God has kind of prepared also the way, and that's why we started also with worship evenings. We felt God wanted us to create a presence in Santon through worship. That's why we started with worship evenings, until we felt God say, okay, now. And we felt that switch a couple of months ago, saying, okay, August, we're going for that. Okay, so there, there's, a, there's a special thing about the presence of God. Um, and in your own life, if you ever desire to go to Europe, just do a double check whether that is actually God speaking to you or whether it is actually 
maybe just I just want to go on an adventure. Um, not if you're heading to Europe or from Europe, I'm not knocking you. <laughs> just Europe just came to mind. Okay. Um, just make sure whatever you decide to do is locked in to the purposes of God. I'm not saying don't go to Europe, but if there's a locking into what God's purposes is for your life, then go for it. If he's leading you there, go for it. Um, like Albert and Sean, that's in the Netherlands at the moment. That was also a, they had a desire, but they also felt that God was leading them there. Always check with God. Is, is this what God is talking to me about? Okay, so consecration. What does consecration do? I'm not going to unpack the whole theological argument about consecration, but there's a couple of reasons why he, God wants the Israelites here in this context to, to consecrate themselves, set them apart. Um, and they don't actually go into the details about how and what they needed to do to consecrate themselves before they crossed the Jordan. After they crossed the Jordan River, they needed to circumcise all their males again. Don't worry, guys. We're not going to do that after we plant the church. <laughs> um, it's only one guy that said thank you, so maybe we should reconsider that. <laughs> okay, so it's a dedication to the Lord. Um, it's also separation from other, other things. But then also there's, there's a supernatural protection that comes when you are, when you are consecrated to God. Okay, so it's, there's a lot of conversation that can happen. Um, around that, but one of, the, one of the consecrating acts for us, yes, we are having a global prayer and fast from the 24th to the 26th of July, but for us as well, yes, yeah, specifically, that is also a little bit of a consecration moment. We are specifically going to pray into the Santon Church plant and the Randberg Church plant in that sense. Uh, we want to we engage with God. What is in your heart? What is it that you are leading us? What is it that we need to know? And I want to say to a lot of us here that like to know everything, we need to go into the, a lot of this conversation with God with a blank canvas, saying, God, what is it that you're saying? We don't want to come in with a whole lot of preconceived ideas. What is it that you're saying? It might look and feel a lot different than what we're used to. Okay, so please, I want to, as a part of consecrating ourselves before we do the church plan, I want us to engage in that fast. Maybe you can't do a full three-day fast, full water fast, whatever, but I want to encourage you to at least fast from something in those three days. Um, be it social media, be it a Daniel fast, just eating fruit and vegetables, whatever. Come chat to us about fasting. We've got some, do we still have handouts at the table about the fast? We've got a booklet there at, uh, at the info table about prayer and fasting. Okay, so we want it, and then that Wednesday evening we're all coming together, all the small groups are coming together to pray and fast. Okay, off to break the fast. Okay, so just to recap the three, three things that, um, that I spoke about so far. It's about getting ready, be strong and courageous, and then there's a moment of consecration. There's two more points, but before we um, get to those two, um, Emmanuel, can you play us that video clip, please? Joshua 4. And get to them having finished the crossing, crossing the Jordan River. I'm going to read for us from verse 1. It says, When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you, where you stay tonight to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it, passed, when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be memorial to the people of Israel forever. So there's so much that I can say about building memorials and ceremony and celebration, etc. I just want to just, there's so much power in celebration, so much power of thanksgiving. And in this time, we also really want to come in thanksgiving to God for what he has already done in our midst. Um, it's been 10 years, just a little bit over 10 years, where Shafat Johannesburg has been in existence in a sense. Um, and, and we want to come in thanksgiving to God what he's done for us collectively, but then also for us. I want to encourage you that when you come to a crossing of the Jordan River for yourself, reflect on what God has already done for you as well. It is so, it is so key. 
Um, if you're going into an unknown situation, reflect on the faithfulness and the goodness of God. Remind yourself. Go back to your journals. If you don't journal, I want to encourage you. Journal. It helps you to reflect back on those times when God was, what God has done. Remind yourself about what God has done in your life. Um, and come in thanksgiving. Celebrate those moments. Um, I remember I ministered in a juvenile prison when I was a student in Stellenbosch. Um, it was, the children are small men. They were, I think they ranged from five, six to about primary school age, about 13. But I, we ministered specifically. We had weekly like gatherings with this specific group, um, mostly, mostly colored um, children. Um, so obviously being in Stellenbosch, Western Cape, they've got an accent. And uh, we ministered being born again. Uh, like giving your life to Christ. And I mean, these, these boys were, I think it was, there were seven, um, and they gave their lives to God. And the guy that was with me, we, we explained to them about being born again. Um, so one kid turns to me, they, they used to call me Georgie. Like, Georgie? But they can that now it's a new birthday. Does this mean that I have a new birthday? So I was like, or, or you know, what he says, does this mean we all have the same birthday now? <laughs> so um, it was such a precious moment of such innocence of a child. Um, but in a sense, I want to encourage you, even if you don't know the exact date and time, just reflect back to when you, were, when you got saved, when you got committed your life to, to God, or when you got baptized, or when, so, when somebody special close to you also gave their life to God or, or something. But, but celebrate those moments and reflect on those moments. because It keeps it, it, keeps it fresh um, in, our, in our minds as well. Um, so memorials is important. Ceremony. We, in our culture, we have lost a little bit of the significance often of ceremony. Um, communion. There's a lot of ceremony that can and should be happening in communion as well. Communion, what I mean is like the bread and the wine and What's happening there? And, and I want to encourage you as friends or even as small groups, we often go into church mode when we think communion. We think a little, bit, a little piece of bread like that and a little bit of grape juice or wine like that. I want to encourage you. And Andres, I know, will love what I'm saying right now. Is I want to encourage you, have a feast around it. Okay? Have bread on the table spread out. Have wine if you want to, if you can have it in measured amounts. Um, for some of you, that's maybe not a good idea, but otherwise, grape juice and have a dinner around it or a lunch. Just have a feast um, around it and, and, and really just sink in about what communion is. And there's an element of community that also happens around communion. Okay, so um, digressing a little bit, but the point is we, when we plant these churches, we normally have communion in church as well on the first Sunday of the month. It is going to be, coincidentally, the first Sunday of the month when we actually plant the church as well. So we're going to have the, both at the morning service and at the evening service, we will have communion. We will, have, we will partake also of communion, etc. But um, don't lose, don't, don't go into church mode when you, when you start having communion. It's, it's, it, it's, a, just a, it's a flow and it's a celebration of, of life. Okay, so there's, there's, it's important to celebrate these moments. So it's a celebration. Make sure everybody knows it. Make sure there's a, everybody in your small group, in your church, at your work, in your neighborhood. Hey, guys, we're planning a church in Santon. Come, it's going to be awesome. Okay, if you are not the personal invite type, go to our Facebook page, share the post and the video that we did there. Okay, your whole Facebook feed will see that. Um, I want you anyways to do that anyway. There's a, there, if, who of you saw the video that's on Facebook, by the way? Are you, the rest of you not on Facebook? You're fasting on Facebook. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Go to our Facebook page, Show for Johannesburg. There is a post that we shared. It's on Shofar TV, on Shofar.tv. There's a, a, a video of... Henny and Rochelle and Christine and myself and Stefan and Lauren, where we're sharing the heart about, uh, behind the church plan. It's about 10 minutes long. Um, some of you like surf Facebook and the web for two hours at work anyways. Just, just, you can tithe. Like, 
some of your surfing moments and just just watch this, okay? Um, and then share it with your pe- share it with the people around you that there's something amazing happening. If you have a birthday, you invite people to your birthday party, whatever. Just make sure that everybody that you can get to get the word out, get it, get it out of there. Okay. Okay, that was my little rant. Okay. Last point. Okay, so memorial ceremony celebration, very important. Then Joshua five. This is them walking into the unknown. This is last point, and then I'm gonna then I'm gonna finish off. Okay, into the unknown. This is them on the other side of the river. They've already circumcised everybody, all the males. Okay, walking into the promise of his presence, uh, in the promise of his presence. Now, when the, when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over, their hearts melted in fear and then no longer had courage to face the Israelites. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. Sorry, I said that it was already done. It's not, yes, it's done. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gibeath Haraloth. Do not call your son Gibeath Haraloth. Okay, just heads up. It means hill of foreskins. It's in the Bible. Okay, okay, focus. Um, All right, verse 9. Then the Lord said to Joshua... Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place he had, called, um, had been called Gilgal to this day. Gilgal is a safer bet. It means roll. Um, verse 10. On the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The, the day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate the produce of Canaan. So we see a clear change of dispensation, a clear change of how things used to operate. And, and sometimes, I'm not saying that things are going to change that drastically when we plant a church, but what I'm saying is that often when you go from one season to the next, or you cross a river, in a sense, in your own life, Sometimes things change and we get confused about why they change. Some people would have interpreted that God has forsaken us for we don't see the manna anymore. We don't see the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night anymore, so therefore God is not with us anymore. But you missed the instructions about, hey, there's a Jordan River moment. It's going to be different on the other side. doesn't mean that God's not there, but watch this. Verse 13, now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as the commander of the army, army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals. For the place where you're standing is holy, and Joshua did so. The thing is, often, I'm not saying it is always like that, but often when you cross a Jordan River moment, God shows us a different part of himself. And in this instant to Joshua, it's in the form of the commander of the armies of heaven, and you, and you, and you see in that, you see conquest, you see we are going to take Jericho. We are going to take the promised land. Now, at different times in our lives, God does show different, uh, himself differently to us. doesn't mean that now because he's here as a commander of the armies of heaven and not as a cloud and a, and a pillar of fire, it doesn't, doesn't mean that he loves us less. It just means that what we are about to do, there's some significance in the way that I'm going to relate to you. Now that they've crossed the river... To Israel, it meant now it's military precision. If you don't do what I say, you're going to die. In certain circumstances, it might be like that, depending on, on, on the situation. I'm not saying you're going to die if we're not... <laughs> okay, so just if it's a heavy for you, just, just, just say it's okay. We're just planning a church. Okay? Um, <laughs> but at the same time, there is, a, there is an element of urgency about what God is busy doing we need to take seriously as well. Okay. 
Um, and there are certain things that God does say that we need to be obedient about. And if we don't, if we're not obedient sometimes, it can cost us our lives. Um, use a uh, interesting example that just comes to mind. When we're in India, I can't, can't remember which year that was. It might have been 2007 or six. We were in India, and uh, we were praying at... Um, it's like a Catholic church, but with, within India, there's a lot of Hinduism, so there's a lot of idolatry and so on. But at this at this place on this hill, I think is where, where Thomas Thomas the disciple actually died. They well, they claim they have a bone there. Never mind. Sorry, I'm digressing. Point is, we went into or there was this one temple there that when we when I like stepped onto the door of that temple, I felt like God saying, "Uh." Uh-uh. And I just glanced in, and I just had that uneasy feeling about it. And I was leading the team at the time, and I just, I just, I just stole the team. Can you stop? And we turned around and we walked away. If 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 I allowed myself and the team to go in there, I don't know what would have happened. There are times in our lives when 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 God says to you something, you better be obedient right then and there, because you might encounter like there's a word that came. Was it Nadia? I think that brought it. About the moment that you that you step into the kingdom of, of of light, you are engaged in a battle. There is a real spiritual battle, and guess what? The the devil doesn't play fair, and he doesn't like you. So he would want to take you out. He would want to take us all out. So it's important for us to also stand together. But it is more important that we be obedient to God, no matter what. We're busy with, uh, with, our, with our Evergreen Parenting course and um, presenting it, and we're finishing this afternoon. And one of the things that we teach our children, or we try to teach our children, is to be obedient the first time. When I, when I, when I ask my children to do something, I, I want to train them to do it the first time. Why? Because I am setting them up for when they are in a personal relationship with God so that they can actually listen to God the first time that He speaks and not the fifth or the sixth or when my voice pitches at a certain tone. Not only then, but the first time. So it's something that we deliberately try to teach our children um, is implicit, complete, immediate obedience. Obviously, it's not like we're not like an army at home. If you know us, you've been at our homes. We're not like a rigid, like stand to attention um, kind of a scenario. But we do teach our children that principle so that they can relate right with God. So I want to encourage you to, as we walk, in a sense, into the unknown. And for you yourself, there's those moments. If you walk into the unknown. You walk in the promise of His presence. Make sure that wherever you are walking, is that that's where the presence of God is leading you. Don't leave Johannesburg unless you feel that this is where the presence of God is leading you. Don't come to Johannesburg if you don't feel that this is where God is leading you. Don't get married to that person if you don't feel that God's presence is in this. Um, that's on a personal note. Uh, the worship team can come up so long as I just... Um, just revisit the, the main points. Okay, so in conclusion, I was talking about crossing the Jordan and um, we're in a, our movement, Shofar movement at the moment is in a season of being one or, or just that's the theme. And, and I, I do feel that it is important for us as we, as we cross, as we in this season as well, as Shofar Jonas, even though we're multiplying, in a sense becoming two, in the spirit we're still one. You know, so um, I'd really want to encourage us all to, 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 to walk in that and engage in that. Okay, so get ready. Okay, we've got three or four weeks. Get ready. For you yourself, if there's a crossing of the Jordan moment and there's some challenges that you need to work through, work through it. Get yourself ready for that moment. If that is where God is leading you, don't be afraid. Be strong. Be courageous. His presence is with you. There are moments... They are like consecration moments. Sometimes before, sometimes after, sometimes both. Memorial ceremony and celebration. I think it's important principles just during, during our lives. 
And then often as we, as we cross a Jordan River, as we cross a river, there's, there's a lot of unknowns. But as long as there's the promise of the presence of God with you, you can deal with the giants, you can deal with the wall of Jericho, you can deal with those things if you remain obedient to what he is, what he is saying at the time. So I'm saying that there's a lot of unknowns for your river that you're crossing, but also for us as a, as a church crossing this river, there are a lot of unknowns. Let's do this together, and let's do this in obedience to the voice of God. You can stand with me as I, as I pray for us. So Lord Jesus, we, we come this morning, God, and we come to you as individuals, and we come to you collectively, Lord. And there are there are different obviously different analogies to what I've been saying, God. Collectively this morning we wanna we wanna come and we just wanna say, Lord, we are we are here to follow your leading. Do not send us into this promised land without without your presence. Lord, I pray that uh, that you'd stir within us a love for one another. look to one another. We'd have one another's back if, as we go. Lord, there's many unknowns where we're going and there's a lot of people that we need to get ready to cross this, to cross this river. I pray, God, that we all have your spirit and I pray that you would speak into our spirits and that you get us all on your, on your page, on your agenda for the season. Lord, also individually, God, there are so many things that we are often that we work through or that we work towards or that we feel that you are leading us in. And I want to specifically pray, whatever the Jordan rivers are that represents, that are, that are representing God in, in each one of our lives here, we want to bring those moments to you and wherever they are in that journey, I pray, God, that you'll, through your spirit, give them the courage to, number one, walk through that river but then also on the other side, God, to, to remain walking in obedience with you. Lord God, whether it is healing that people are trusting you for, whether it's breakthrough that people are trusting you for, whether it is salvation of somebody close that people are trusting you for, thank you that you lead us wherever we go. Thank you that you lead us on how we can celebrate, how we can raise memorials, also just in, in, right, in, in, in the right way relate to you, your word, and how you, how you speak to us. Teach us your ways. Help us to meditate on your word. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Johannesburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.